Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, January 12, 2011. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at one six four six three eight one four eight six zero or email me your questions at info at studentwineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like at Stu the Wine Guru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and all the TV shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and the Examiner, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed on both YouTube, my website, and just about anywhere on the internet. I'm now on your smartphone. Uh, all you have to do is Get the Hello Vino app, so when you need a good review of a wine or want to read a good article about wine, you can take your phone out and check me out. There I'll be. Hey, this is Sly Stallone. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. When I'm out making action pictures, I'm listening too. Right now... I'm sipping on a nice Tusker Red. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo. Only celebrity impersonators. So tonight I have on my show an award-winning Napa Valley winemaking legend. He's been making wine for over 20 years. He has worked for some of the top names in the industry. Stag's Leap, Sebastiani. His name is John Emmerich. And the wine company he creates fantastic wines for is Silverado, and he'll be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is 1-646-381-4860, or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions for both John and I to info at stewthewineguru.com, or tweet me any of your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live here on the show. I'll get some answers for you. As always, I've opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask your questions of John or myself, and I'll check into the chat room periodically during the show to get your answers. But first up, I want to thank the listeners who are following me on Twitter. I love social media. I can't say that enough. I can talk directly to my listeners and my guests alike. I'm enjoying the immediacy of the medium. I like the ability to give updates in real time, and my guests are doing the same to promote the show. So thanks to Twitter and social media. Something I want the listeners to make note of as of February 1st, 2011, my show will move from 7 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern. And will go from an hour to a half an hour. 
please make sure you remember to listen at 6 p.m. moving forward after February 1st instead of 7 p.m. or you'll miss the show. The show will be tighter and more action-packed in the 30 minutes, so grip on tight and take the ride with me. Some show notes, my TV appearances, next one coming up on January 14th, that's this Friday. I'll be on NBC in Miami. I'll be on the South Florida Today Show in the 11 a.m. hour. I'll be discussing my radio show, reviews and articles, and upcoming events here in Florida. I'll be a media sponsor for the uh, Key West Food and Wine Festival and many more. Uh, TV appearances after that will be uh, airing February 21st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Mark that on your calendar. I'll be a guest on the Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check, Please, South Florida. I'll be kicking off its fifth season, so look for that. I've also been asked to be a guest on the hit CNBC show, Wine Portfolio, with host Jody Ness. They are taking on the Miami wine food scene, and during the taping of my episode, I showed around Jody uh, all over Miami and took him to the best places for both food and wine. We discussed the radio show, the wine industry. It was a blast. The show is set to air, I believe, early February, so check on your local listings for that. And I literally am completely psyched for you to see the, the shows. So fire up your DVRs and get ready for some great wine info. There'll be more TV appearances coming up, and I'll let you know via this radio show and Twitter as they happen. Also, I'll be narrating a promotional digital video for mu- multiple Napa Valley wineries. I'll let you know when that is complete. For all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending so you can meet up with me like my tweeples do on Twitter, January 27th through the 30th, I will be media sponsor for covering the second annual Key West Food and Wine Festival. Come down, eat some great food, drink some great wine, and be sure to come and say hi to me. February 23rd through the 27th, I'll be covering the 10th annual Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I cannot believe it's already been a decade. You have to check this event out. It's amazing. All the cool chefs, all the who's who of the wine industry are there. And, of course, yours truly, I'll be there. So definitely come and say hi. And rounding out, uh, let's see, March 18th through 20th, I'll be reporting on the Boca Bacanal event. Lots of good stuff happening in the first few months of the year down here in Florida. So that's the schedule so far. Come keep, uh, come check me out. Of course, listening here and uh, Twittering, you'll be able to find out more. I'll be posting all on that. So uh, remember, if you have any questions, I have answers. So call me at 646-381-4860 or email me at info at studentwineguru.com. Get into the chat room or, and voice your opinion. Now let me make sure that everyone listening knows John's website and can go there for more information about his great wines. To learn more about John, go to www.silveradowines, that's S-I-L-V-E-R-A-D-O-W-I-N-E-S.com, and find out where you can buy his wines locally in your town or buy them directly from Silverado. I mean, that, as I always say, is the beauty of the Internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So without further wait, let me bring on the uh, guest for the evening, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's John Emmerich. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So first of all, I want to start start by thanking you for being on my show and discussing your great wines with us. It's it's great to have you here tonight. You are very welcome. Excellent, excellent. So I have many questions. Let me tell you how this works. I have uh, people in the chat room that uh, may from time to time, ask some questions. I have uh, email questions. I, I will probably have some tweets that will come through, so I will definitely field those to you as well. So okay. let me start. Let me get right to it. Um, so for the very few... Stu, I have a question for yes. you. Is it oh, true you, you were on NCI uh, Miami? Wow. And you saw that little walk-on part? I did. It was awesome. <laughs> Amazing. I walked on. I said, here's your drink, sir. That was it. I was like, no, I mean, is that you, the wine guru? That was it. <laughs> in all candor, in all candor, I have to say, we're, 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 we're just joking here. Uh, if I was, believe me, if I was on that, if I was on that show, the world would know about it immediately about five months before. I'd be counting down the, the days on the calendar and making everybody in a very uh, obnoxious way follow me until the date that it aired. so, um, but, but thanks, though. I appreciate that, John. And, I, and the other question is, do you have a five-second delay button? I don't. So you can say whatever you want, and anyone can say whatever they want. There's no 
No worries here. Okay. We're all adults. Okay. Excellent. Okay. All right. So. Done now. We, we got all that out of the way. You're <laughs> you ready to go? I'm raring. All right. So I guess the question I wanted to ask, first of all, just for the very small, minute, maybe three people out there of my listeners who may not know about Silverado wines, give them like a little overview. Of the wine or the winery? Or of both? the winery. The winery, the wines, or both. We are a family-owned, 30-year-old uh, winery located in the heart of the Napa Valley. It's all estate fruit. And uh, we're producing about 60,000 cases from uh, six of our estate vineyards. How's okay. that? Oh, that I mean that that's great. Um, so here's I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take a, a left turn here. Okay. So tell me how it was that it was a lark at UC Davis that you got involved with the fermentation science program. I just want to know what you were thinking about prior to that. Like, what was it like you had like the, the, you had the whole program, the syllabus, and you said, hmm, that might not be a bad idea. It's either this or the fermentation science program. Fill in what the this was. <laughs> hmm. It's either this. Wow. Um... Gosh, you know what? I've never really thought about that. Um, I can tell you. Maybe why. you should, John. Yes, I should. Boy, that's it's kind of a trick question. But um, I did have the good fortune of uh, uh, my my uh, dorm mate uh, or the the gentleman across the uh, hall from me happened to have a small winery at the time in the uh, Lodi area. And I was kind of looking for something to do, and we crushed a couple grapes. And uh, the uh, co-eds in the dorm seemed to be very interested in the wine that we brought back. And oh, I thought, you you know, but this, the, <laughs> if I can make a living doing this, this might be pretty good. So uh, that's, that's uh, kind of how it started. So basically, let me get this straight. So it was all about the girls. Yeah, it pretty much <laughs> was all about the girls. It was all about the girls, John. It's Isn't all it always? So forget about it. Isn't it always? Yeah, it generally is. Okay, just just want to clarify that. Yes. Okay, so tell me about those early days in your college dorm making wine. Uh, you know, quality-wise, give me an example. Um, was it? I mean, when you think back on that in comparison to what you've made, I mean, you've been obviously in the business a long time. I have. Um, <laughs> And 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 so you look back on those days. I mean, how did it fare? I mean, what do you where do you feel the, that wine kind of played out? I mean, where what level? It had a, it had a lovely flavor of fruit flies. <laughs> okay. It, uh, it was kind of a fruit fly cuvee. All right. Uh, very which inventive. Is, uh, which is not too tasty now. No. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't very inventive though. Yes. Okay. It 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 was um it 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 was a good mixer with Everclear. Oh, there you go. Yeah, somebody I heard had said that they mixed wine somewhere with like uh vodka and early in the early days. And I always thought to myself, what, I mean, what were you thinking? But then again, I think back when I was in college, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, okay, whatever we had, we put together and made a punch out of it, you know? Exactly. So, well, you know, I went yeah. to school in the era of um what was that, Bartles and James and what yes. was the other, California Coolers, that was my era. So, you know, I actually think it was better than that. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're giving, you know, you, you're, you're kind of setting a, a bar there and a level. Yeah. So that's good. So everybody listening can go, yeah, they all can go, hmm, okay, I, I think I got it. All right, I'm with them. Um, yeah. So so what varietals other than the ones you currently make are your favorites? Well, um, I, you know, I, I like acid, so um, I, uh, I, I like uh, obviously champagne, uh, which mm -hmm. we're not making here. Um, right. And I just I like those white. I really like the white varietals that um, you know have some structure. So, um, you know, name, name a white variety that 
you know, has good acidity, and I'm I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. So, so I mean, you, you, I would imagine you'd have to have a pretty varied palate. So it would have to be. Um, and, uh, and 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 not that you get the chance to make everything because Silverado, you know, I think you guys are known really obviously for your your cabs. Your cabs are unbelievable. Um, Thank you. And ridiculously yeah. good. Ridiculously good is the best way to put it. Um, and that, oh, that's the that's the uh, you know not the layman's terms. That's the scientific term. Ridiculously good. Um, that's Stew term. That's my term. I'll, I'll just you know I'll put it out there. So, what have been your greatest challenges over the years in making wine? Well, you know, honestly, it's all it's all about the weather. I mean, it really is, and it's the one thing obviously we can't control. Um, you know, as an example, 2010, uh, this this current vintage that that we're starting to barrel down now. Um, looked great. I mean, it was awesome. And all of a sudden, we have these two kind of major heat spikes, and, you know, it all of a sudden goes from this great vintage to one that was really pretty tricky to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. so weather is always a challenge because uh, you just never know what you're going to get. Most definitely. Um I guess I'm going to take a few, let's see, we've got some email questions coming in here, Fast and Furious, so let me grab a few and, and get some answers for them. So the first up is from Winebloke42 from Perth, Australia. And it says, Stu, we love you here in Oz. Let me know, mate, when you are coming to town so I can get all my friends to meet you. My question for John is, what was the first wine that you tried that you really liked? And it says, cheers, mates. So I will thank Winebloke42 from Perth, Australia, for your question. And, John, you want to feel that? Well, that I appreciated or that I liked? (laughs) Because uh, I distinctly remember uh, there was was one wine that just totally blew my mind. It was a 1990 uh, Domaine Dujac, Clos La Roche. And, I mean, I still remember it to this day. It was just one of those wines where you just try and you just go, wow, this is incredible. This is why we make wine. But, uh, you know, my early wine memories are, you know, kind of drinking the uh, cigarette-laden remnants of uh, parties of my parents, you know, the... the, uh, the, uh, What was it? It would be Green Hungarian or uh, Lancers. (laughs) Right. Just snuck the lancers out, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, you're like seven when you're six or seven, you know, and you're you're, you're trolling for uh, leftovers. You know, the glasses with the uh, uh, cigarettes. Six or seven. Exchange. <laughs> you know, you've been uh, there, so you know. Don't pretend you haven't. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm right there with you, John. Um, <laughs> okay, so. Let me grab another, uh, let's see, another one here. Um, the next one is from Nuscavale from Geneva, Switzerland. And it says... Uh, Come on, Stu- these are made up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, wish, just- I wish I could make this up. This would be great. Uh, next one is Nuscavale. That's, I guess that's the only way I could kind of read it. From Geneva, Switzerland. It says, uh, Stu, the show's great. Love to learn about wine with you and your guests. I would like to ask John if he feels that old wa- old world wine making techniques are timeless versus new world. That's the question. Well, um, I would say to our friends in Switzerland that we are we use a lot. I mean, I'm not. Huh. What am I trying to say here, Stu? I'm trying to say I'm not really sure what new world versus old world technology is. Uh, if you're talking about, you know, say, intervention versus non-intervention, or, I mean, in the old world they use tanks and they use pumps and um, they use barrels, and guess what? We use tanks and pumps and barrels too. So I, I think... Uh, 
I think we're talking about the same thing. I don't, I don't really think there's a difference between new world and old world technology. I, I agree with you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just reading the question here. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. No, I mean, no, no, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of tough because um, I don't know whether that what you know what exactly was meant by it, but um, you know, I think it's always that it seems to be that. Uh, Age-old question, you know, old world wine better than new world wine. But I mean, look, the bottom line is, is that old world techniques and old world has been around, obviously, right. a lot longer than new world has. So it it had to start somewhere. Um, well, I but, mean, you know, if it, if it means that you know we're we're putting it in you know urns and burying it like uh, they did in Greece, I don't think we're doing that. But right. um, but you know. Um, I would I would honestly say that the folks in Switzerland that are making wines are are doing the exact same things that we're doing out here in California. I, I agree. Mean, That's what I'm saying. I think it's just you know it's kind of like um, you know the techniques have just evolved so uh, on both ends, both in Europe yeah. and and I yeah. So I don't almost I almost don't really think there's any much there's really much old world technique utilized anywhere. Right. Yeah. You know I mean um, they're you know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Right. But okay. But I mean, thank thank you for the question. I'm going. I hope I'm pronouncing Nuskavale from from Geneva. Anyway, uh, next question for me. Where do you see social media's part in the big picture of promoting Silverado wines? Um, it's uh, well, I think it's huge. I mean, uh. I would say that, uh, unfortunately for Silverado, we haven't really embraced it uh, full on. Uh, right. You know, obviously we have a website, and but then again, who doesn't? I mean, my dog has a website. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. Um, and, you know, uh, but it's definitely, it's a great tool. We just haven't, we haven't embraced it as much as we should. For sure, and I think that the wineries that are embracing it and diving in are are way ahead of the game, and I think people in general, the consumer, wants to get their information that way. I really do. I just think, um, you know, talk about new world and old world. I mean, you know, we're practically, you know, uh, you know, the Gutenberg press <laughs> as far as that goes. <laughs> I love that reference. <laughs> Oh man, that is great. It's good that a lot of people are listening from around the world, so you know it's not lost. It's not lost on anyone. Yeah. Um, so th let's see. I have another question here that came in via email. Uh, Calvino thirty eight from Rome, Italy. Um, Stu Buonasera to you and your guest. I've listened to your show for the past few times and find it interesting. Please ask John if he likes Italian wines. And if so, would he ever think of using Italian grapes to blend in his wines? Thank you both. Ciao, grazie, Stu. Okay. There you go. Well, that, that, you know what? That seems like a softball question. These are made up. Um, we actually uh, we okay. actually produce a uh, Sangiovese, and we've been making Sangiovese since 1992. And, in fact, we're probably one of the few – Remaining Napa wineries that are still making Sangiovese. Well, you so, know, and that's the uh, thing. I I I pick this up literally. They come in and I grab them and I ask and ask them. So I mean, so, I, I I know everything that's going on. I mean, yeah. I know what's going on with with, with yeah. Silverado. And I could answer them, but I mean, you know, I want them. I want people to in all honesty. I love it. We make about three thousand cases of Sangiovese. We also make uh, our version of a Super Tuscan, a uh, Sangiovese Cabernet blend, uh, where we make maybe about three or 400 cases of that. So, um, yeah, we are, we are very into it. The owners are into it. Um, uh, people think we're crazy, but it is, it is, it's our version of Pinot Noir. Right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is it's our alternative red. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, like I said, I mean, I, in all honesty, um, I, the, the whole purpose behind the show, and I, I, I want to make sure that you know everyone understands this, is look, um, it'd be great for me to answer questions um, with my knowledge of Silverado. 
Um, but then, then I, then why have on John Emmerich? You know, I want to have, I want to have you on. I want people to be able to ask questions. And some people maybe, you know, don't know as much and, you know, therefore they're asking questions that may, you know, be obvious to most, uh, right. but not obvious to them. So. Do you know I'm giving uh, you a hard time, don't you? I know. I just, okay. I, I, I like just, you know, putting it out okay. there. <laughs> yeah. I know you are. Um, so, so the next question <laughs> Is from Tim at Seven Springs from Hermanus, West Cape Town, South Africa. And it says, Hi, John. Firstly, my best wishes to you and your family. My Thank question you. to you is, Yes, my question to you is what, is, what is it that really makes you tick as a winemaker? And what is your motivation for staying winemaker at Silverado for the past 20 years? My best wishes for the next 20. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> which, would, which would make me 110. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I mean, again, uh, I am working with, I think, some of the greatest vineyard sites, and every year is throws new things that I have not seen before, and it becomes really, I mean, that's just really exciting when every day you can come in and you go, you don't know what to expect, and that makes the day pretty exciting and makes you want to get up in the morning. And then um, the reason why I've been here so long is is just uh, I like the people that I work with. I think the owners uh, of Silverado are really great people. Uh, they let us do what we need to do. And I think we're, I think, you know, we're making really good wine and, and I like, I like the product that we're making. Well, I have a, a, a tweet statement. <laughs> this is the first statement I've had. Most people tweet a question. This, this is a statement. So you've, you've actually uh, garnered a statement from... Wow. So how do you know that the tweet is, when, when somebody tweets? I'm sorry? How do you know it's a statement? Well, because I'm looking at it, and it's, they're, they're, they're making a statement about you as opposed to asking a question to you. Okay. So, but this is actually a very great question. I mean, a very good statement. Uh, Marin Count. Let's see. Martin Cody. Uh, his name and his. Uh, it's M C Seller Angel. Yeah. From Chicago. Yeah, he's my you buddy. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then your buddy is chiming in to tell you that. Um, here's what he says. Uh, let me. I just wanted to make sure I knew. He's from Chicago and Napa and Sonoma. Yes. Just well, you do, but you knew that. Yeah. Um, Just around so, that part. Yeah, and and here's what he says. He says, um, "Hold on, it's loading." Okay, he says, uh, "John Eric is about as good as they come." Twenty years at Silverado. Just that was. <laughs> and then he said, "Full disclosure, might be a seller angels event." Hint. <laughs> yes, we're wor- Martin. We're working on it. Okay, there you go. So I'll have to let him know that you're working on it. But see, I'm just, you know, this is what we get from the Twitter sphere. Um, I know. Sometimes, sometimes we get questions. Sometimes people just want to tell you how much they like you. Sometimes your buddies chime in. You know, it's it's a veritable potpourri. And I don't often say that either. Um, <laughs> let's see. So who has – let's see. I, my, my question for you is, so who has imparted the most wisdom during the, your journey in winemaking? Wow, okay. Well, you, you want me to give you the hardball would, questions now? I'll start fielding hardball questions to you, real hardball. That's, that's great. Um, I, when I was at Con Creek Winery, yes. I had the most awesome cellar master. His name was Luigi Fortino. Okay. I'm making this up. And uh, just a great guy. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt you. And... Uh, I was at I was at Concrete for almost two years working in the cellar, and he just had a great sensibility about him. He understood that you know what we're just making wine here. We're not you know <laughs> it's it's just wine, uh, and he kind of made me realize that you know we're doing we're doing noble work, but. You know, it really is just winemaking. So he mm-hmm. was 
he was, you know, really kind of great. Um, and then, you know, we are, we work with um, a vineyard management company, Walsh Vineyard Management. Uh, they've been farming for us for uh, about 22 years or so. And the viticulturalists there um, are some of the brightest guys I've ever worked with. Um, and then just a couple of the professors and folks at Davis. I mean, those are really um, some of the brightest people I've worked with. And honestly, um, my assistant winemaker, who um, I've worked with for now 15 years, is just probably the smartest person I know. So just a, a lot of, you know, just folks in the valley. Uh, we have a really great community here. Uh, with a lot of smart folks, and you can learn now, a lot. Now, a quick question for you. When you were at Concrete, were you working with Mike McGrath? Uh, Mike was, uh, yes. He was sort of just coming in when I was leaving. Gotcha. So, so um, Daryl Eklund was there. Uh, he was a winemaker at the time, and Daryl um, sort of left right when I started, but he really sort of put Concrete on the map. Um, and then there was sort of an interim, and then Mike came on. So, so yes, I was there with Mike for maybe about a few months. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I, I, the and reason I asked, I'm actually going to have Mike on my show, uh, you know, next month. So it's uh, yeah, kind of interesting. A, he's he's a great guy. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, I've known him for 20 plus years. So sure. And that's the only thing about. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the wacky thing about Napa is, I mean, the total population of Napa County is like 140,000 people, with the biggest city, Napa, being maybe 75,000. So, you know, I run into people, you just run into people, you know, at, you know, your local uh, Whole Foods or Safeway or whatever. So it's Sure. And, you know, you you you'd learn a lot. Uh at the local bar, you learn a lot about winemaking at your local watering hole. Sure, because, you know, you have time to, to just chat. You're not working at that moment and focusing, hyper-focusing on, you know, uh, the crush or hyper-focusing on the harvest or hyper-focusing on, you know, um, the grapes actually in the, you know, on the vine and checking them and, and you know, all of that. You're not doing all of that. So um, it gives you the chance that when you're just kind of chilling out, if you will, uh, to talk, talk shop a bit, and yep. uh, compare notes, and compare yep. notes. And, you know, and I have to tell you, what's amazing, I've said this over and over again on the show and just about everybody that I've talked to, um, my experience with Napa is that it's an amazing community, and I almost think it's commune-like in that if you, it's almost like a throwback to the 70s in the sense that, or late 60s, early 70s, in that everybody is, everyone else is cheerleader. And as long as there, there's definitely some, of course there's, friendly competition, I like to call it, in that, you know, it's not like I'm out to, you know, run you off the road or I'm out to take you out of business. It's uh, I want to make the best I can make, uh, and you're out to make the best you can make. And then, you know, if we do that, it brings up the, the level all the way around for Napa uh, as a as a winemaking region. So Absolutely. I've just noticed that. Yeah. It's true. I mean, um, I mean it, it sounds sort of kumbaya-ish, but uh, it, it really is true. I mean, I would say, you know, and you probably know this, um, most winemakers are in uh, tasting groups with other winemakers, and it's a pretty open society in the sense of, you know, we're sharing everybody's, uh, you know, dirty laundry and the problems that we have and what's going on, and it's it's pretty, it's, uh, you know, it's awesome. That's hate to keep saying that, but it's true. It really... It is. You know, look, put it this way. I think that, you know, any place that you can go, and I say like, and I, I, I compare Napa to a lot of places uh, in the world. I've been able to, I've been lucky enough to travel the world. Any place that you can go where you re- really cannot get a bad meal or a bad glass of wine, um, that's a tribute. That, that's a testament to the, the craftsmanship and the dedication and the hard work that people put into it day in, day out. Um, to make sure that people have that experience. And, you know, that, that's just really, it seems paramount in importance to the average person from every walk of life 
working in Napa and living in Napa. It just seems to be that kind of vibe, that electricity that, that runs through uh, the streets and, and, and that vibe that people give off that you meet there. And so it's a nice thing. It's like I, I, the, the prime example I always give is this. Um, I'm always asking when I'm there and when I travel, out of curiosity to a winemaker or to someone in, you know, in a winery, you know, what's your favorite wine? And, you know, a lot of times they don't just say the ones that they work for. You know, they say, you know, did you ever try? And they, get, and they give me another, you know, wine company. And they say, you know, yeah, of course I love the wine that I make or I love the wine company that I work for. Absolutely. But, you know, here's some good ones too, you know, that – and, you know, you don't find that in other companies or corporations or businesses or industries. It's, it's rare that you find people who will, you know, you kind of like, you know, pat the shoulder of someone else. And, uh, yeah. But I think it's yeah. great. Ask, I think it's great. Uh, it's, 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 to, uh, uh, you know, ask somebody who works at uh, Chevron, you know, who's their favorite gas. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, you'll, you, you, it's rare you'll ever hear that. You probably won't. Uh, and if you do, that person's not long lived at that position. <laughs> Usually they're gone, you know, if they're saying that, you know. Between you and I, I think, you know, Shell's much better. But, you know, you, you know. Okay. Hey, where's John? What happened to John? Oh, well, uh, yeah, he's gone. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the way it is. And I, and I love that, that atmosphere and I love going there and, uh, you know, and going around and, and, and going to the different vineyards and in really getting that vibe back from people. So, you know, unlike any other place, uh, in the world, uh, as I found Napa is unique unto itself. So having said that, yeah. um, uh, let me move on to yeah. And now my announcer voice. Having said that, you see, Ted Williams has nothing on me. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, what would we find in your wine collection if we looked in it right now? We open the door, John. We're outside the door, actually, with a camera. And, no, no, not really. Um, <laughs> what would we find if we walked in in your wine collection? So, just give me an example of some of the things that you might find in your collection. Uh, let's see. You would find a whole bunch of uh, 2007 uh, Napa cabs right now. Okay. Uh, because honestly, I I appreciate older wines, but um, I really appreciate the the youth and vibrancy of younger wines. So mm -hmm. I kind of don't really – I have a few wines, honestly, that I that are older, but most okay. of my wines are – I'm drinking 05s and 07s and a few – Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's just – And the re uh, – Absolutely. And uh, honestly, the, the older wines that I have, uh, I'm saving them for my daughter's uh, 21st. Uh, birthday. There you go. And let me guess. If I had to guess, would they be French? Well, yes. Because you know, it, was, it, was it wasn't a great vintage in Napa that year. So, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it could be Italian. It could, you know, it's not like I say French mean because, you know, it, it, that's just a given. It's almost like, a, yes, do. Of course it's French. Well, but, you know, you know the there is, are Italian ones. It was a vintage. It was a vintage champagne year, so I was like, you know, I'm not a dummy here, Stu. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> I'm going to drink it's some true. of these. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, say, here you go, here you go, and oh, and here's the keys to the car too. You know, I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. While you're at it, oh, yeah. by the way, we have yeah. a house for you in Tuscany. Um, the earth. Exactly. Oh, really? So, that all um, comes along with this. Right. So I've got, you know, I've got some white, uh, some white burgundies and some red burgundies and a bunch of Champagne from uh, yes. 1996. I got to tell you, interestingly enough, this year, uh, as rare that I do this, I was given a bottle uh, a long time ago, and I waited on it to have it, a 95 Krug Brut. And? I popped it for New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah. I had the, the, the luxury, and I call it luxury because in all honesty, I, I don't usually go out and spend, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars on champagne for... But you're for, the wine guru. You should. I know, 
but I don't. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, listen, New Year's Eve to me, you know, it's a great holiday. It's a great day to, to celebrate. But for the most part, you know, I usually will, you know, have, I'll have a Prosecco um, or maybe I'll have, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'll have like a, you know, a sparkling wine, a, a California, a Louis Roderer or whatever, you know, but, I'll, you know, what I'm saying is it was nice that I got a chance to have a crew, a 95 Krug Brut. I have popped and I have to tell you how incredible um, – I'm not a big champagne drinker. I mean, I like champagne, um, but it's not the wine of choice. It's not the beverage of choice when it comes to it. Of course, wine for me, um, I, you know, I like all types of wine. But I have to say it was absolutely, positively amazing. And the thing that I liked about it, as soon as I poured it out in the bottle, just to talk about champagne with a winemaker who appreciates champagne, the bubbles were tight and really, really tiny, and there were a lot of them. And I've said this over and over again, and people, you know, I, when I was in France, they, they ex- had explained it to me many, 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 many years ago, that those smaller the bubbles, the more of them that they have, the tighter they are, the better the mouth feel. That's just the way it is. It's just, it's just almost science. It's in that your mouth just per- perceives it that way. So therefore, you know, a lot of the champagne makers tend to try to do that to accomplish that mouthfeel. In addition, of course, the grapes have to be in the vintage and everything else that has to go along with it naturally in the terroir. But having said that, um, man, oh, man, I tell you, it's just an immediate obvious thing when you pop that versus popping, you know, any almost any other champagne that's not a vintage. So I just wanted to get it out there and, you know, to someone who appreciates champagne. Right. Um, so... Stu, if I may ask you, if that, yeah. is that allowed? Am, am I allowed to ask you a question? You're allowed to ask anything, absolutely. This show, anything goes on this show. Okay. So, Stu the wine guru, is that yes. self-proclaimed, or did somebody say, Stu, you are a wine guru? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of both. Okay. Um, I had done, I had helped many customers when I worked in the retail end. Uh, with wine tastings and um, acquiring wine for their Eurocobs and their uh, their wine collections. And um, my wife actually had said, uh, you know, you're like a guru to these people. You're like their, their guru. And it kind of stuck. And so I utilized that name uh, awesome. as a result of doing that um, right. for them. And uh, But it is, it, it's a combination of one being – it's self-proclaimed, yeah, most definitely. Okay. Excellent. So I Did you have another question? Stu? Yes. Uh, um, and did you have an opportunity to try those fabulous wines I sent you? I did. Absolutely. I, fin- I just finished trying them last night. Um, and so I have to tell I'm, you... I'm enjoying them right now as we speak. Ah, very nice. So you're having the Solo? I'm having the 2007 Solo. As as we speak. Okay. Now, I could ask you what you think of it, but I w- you know, you're biased. <laughs> well, yes, I've been called that. Um, <laughs> and worse. But, uh, um, it, is, it, is, it is a great bottle of wine, and yeah. we are just about to release it to the general public. And uh, I, I honestly think it's one of the finest wines I've ever made. And uh, that says a lot. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, if you think about it, uh, I have what fifteen, twenty more vintages under my belt, maybe. Yes, um, you do. Maybe. Uh, and so this, this is this is a good one. So I just, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed it, Stu. Well, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I have, you know, I'm going to be a little biased here and, and say this, you know, and I, and there have been wines that I liked but didn't love that and I've written reviews about them that I thought were, you know, okay and, and enjoyable and but you know, they didn't knock my socks off or they they weren't fantastic or they weren't great or they weren't standing out for me. So having said all that, I have to tell you, uh, I've been a Silverado fan for a long time. So uh, I come to this party, if you will, or to this particular um, sampling um, with a lot of um, experience under my belt of wines that I've, Silverado wines I've drank over the years. I have to tell you 
that I, I think the silver this particular the solo that you the cabernet that we're speaking of is great. Um, I think everyone is going to really enjoy this cab. Um, I, I think it, it has a lot of the great characteristics of a, a really really stellar cab in that it the body, um, the fullness of it, and the uh, the finish on it. Um, I think here's the best way to put it, and, and I, I, there's only a few wines that I've really kind of talked this way about. I think it comes as close to a translation of terroir to taste for American wines and a cab as you can get. Um, because the French seem to do it very, very well. I'm sure you agree with that. There's a, just something about that translation of terroir to taste. Uh, and it's not an easy thing to accomplish, but I think you 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 come as close as possible um, in 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 uh, accomplishing that with this particular cap. And uh, and uh, you know, I, I, believe me, I, I get a chance to write reviews. I love being able to talk about it and letting everybody know and 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 you know, getting them psyched up for it. And I think this will be something that um, I think people really 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 dig. They're really going to enjoy it. Stu, you're a genius. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't say that I haven't heard that before, but yeah. I, I, I won't. I won't cop to it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but now, now that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, you know, um, some more questions for you. Okay. More stuff. Can I can I ask you, you some questions? I just wanted Absolutely. to know. Absolutely. Oh, excellent, excellent. I didn't know if you had more questions that I wanted. You know, I certainly have, you know I enjoy answering them. Um, I may have a few more, but uh, I need a couple okay. more glasses of uh, solo. <laughs> So so, let's let's go here. What would most people? Uh, I, I guess what would what would you most like people to know about you that they may not? Well, I mean, I'm kind of a goofy guy, as you can tell. Yes. Um, but I do take my chosen profession very seriously. Okay. Um, uh, I think a lot about what we're doing out in the vineyard and um, about the wine that we're producing. And so you can be goofy and kind of, you know, silly, but when it comes to producing wine, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty serious. I'm a serious guy. That's a, that's, pretty much the only thing I'm really serious about. Everything else is to me is just I like to enjoy life. I love my family. I love my dog. Uh, I love my friends. Uh, but I like to just kind of have fun and goof off. But when I make wine, that's that's when I'm serious. I, I put my serious gotcha. face on. Okay. <laughs> the serious face, got it. Um so I guess the one of the questions I was wanted to ask you was um, so in your travels, yeah, um, where have you been? Where have been the places that you have most been inspired by and learned the most about the winemaking process? Well, um, obviously uh, Davis, where I went to school, UC Davis, um, mm-hmm. that's quite inspiring because that's sort of where I was sort of had the formal training. Um, you know, I had I did have the opportunity to work in France for a little bit and that was really interesting because again, they have a very they have you know, a different approach and I think, you know, anytime you, you just meet somebody different, um, they look at things differently. Um I've had the opportunity to go back to France a couple times and you know, visit the great chateaus of Bordeaux and and actually, you know, travel the country quite a bit. So, again, that was really, in you know, instrumental. Uh, spent some time in Italy as well, in uh, particularly in Tuscany. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, um, I, I have to say, you know, I haven't, been down to say New Zealand or uh, Australia, which I really would like to see because those guys really sort of in, are embracing a lot of sort of new technology 
although certainly, you know, we get all that here, but, you know, to kind of see some of it firsthand would be really great. So, sure. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, it's kind of like, honestly, um, I take a lot of busman holidays, you know, so like if I'm going to Europe, uh, which I try to do every few years, you know, instead of going to, you know, the most cosmopolitan areas, I'll, you know, I'll go to wine country, which, you know, isn't too shabby either. Definitely not. No, I, 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 out of curiosity, I mean, is there a part of France, like Bordeaux or Loire, is there any place that you, you know, particularly like more than the other, or is it just you like the general region for wine? Um, you know, one of the areas, and I, I, I would really like to get back there. It's been a few years, but the, but the Alsatian region was just, was just so different. I mean, it just oh, sure. was. It was just amazing to me, and the wines that are just coming out of there are just so incredible. And then, you know, the food is just amazing. And it's not like it's off the beaten path, but it's certainly probably lower on the um, tourist uh, scale, you know, as far as people. Oh, absolutely. But it was absolutely. it was incredible, and the people there are just so warm and open and and generous, and and they're just they're just it's very different and then um the other area which really surprised me was you know sort of that that south of france area which sort of gets kicked around a little bit because people sort of think of it as sort of a lesser wine but boy there's some good stuff coming out of there as well any one particular that you that you like or that you that you think of that comes to mind you know what um i i no i can't okay right now so sorry about that. Oh no, not a problem. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I just um, so so give my listeners a little bit more. Like, you know, is there a particular event upcoming, or is there something happening at the winery? I, I, I'll give you an example. I, there's a lot of uh, wineries and vineyards that I talk to, um, and winemakers they have on around the world. And what I'm noticing is a major trend is the mixing of music. And wine. Now, in Europe, it seems to be something that they just do automatically, like they have some sort of um, uh, festival, a, a music festival, and then they, it's sponsored by a wine company or a, a winery or a vineyard. But, I mean, here I'm noticing there's more of a trend to try to get maybe the millennials involved so that they try to, you know, attach a certain style of music or a certain type of festival to that particular, is, is there anything that's happening event-wise that 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 you uh, you want to tell everybody about? And it could be anything, anything that's happening with the winery, anything that's happening, you know, with Silverado as as a wine company, um, you know, that you want to get out there. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that that's a good point. Um, the the owners are um, very much into the arts. Uh, during the summer, we are one of the sponsors of uh, Music in the Vineyards, which is more of uh, uh, more classical music, uh, but kind of sometimes kind of cutting-edge classical music. It's not like sort of necessarily old-school classical music, so sure. a lot of interesting performers there. And again, in the summer months, we do um, a lot of events on our terrace. So we do these uh, Fridays on the terrace where we have different groups and um, casings and things that, that are going on. Because, again, I mean, the idea is if people have made the effort to come to the Napa Valley, because, you know, people can go anywhere to travel, as you know. Um, so right. people have made the effort to come to Napa. We want to make sure that they have a great experience and that it's not an average experience. It's not a boring experience. It's, you know, exciting and different and something that they haven't seen before. So, you know, we're always looking at new uh, new things to do to to entertain the masses. I have to tell you, and I want to get it out there, I think everyone, uh, both in the chat room, uh, if you get a chance, in fact, I'm going to put it in there so this way people can go to it. I think you definitely need to see um, the pictures uh, if you haven't had a chance to go to uh, Napa or if you haven't gone to Silverado, first of all, what's beautiful is you know up on up on the mountain, uh, it's off the Silverado Trail. Um, you know, it's just it's just very majestic. 
That's really the word that comes to mind, as well as very scenic and um, and beautiful. And so uh, I, I highly urge, as part of any type of Napa Valley um, tour or uh, trip that you're making way ahead of time, you need to go to Silverado because it's, it, it has to be part of it because it's just uh, beyond the fact that it has incredible wines. Um, it's just there's just something about being in that particular setting while drinking some really phenomenal wine that um, it transcends a lot of different things. Uh, it's, 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 it's not unlike anything that you really experience anywhere else. Um, the only way I put it is like, you know, it's like going to Italy. Yeah. And they can meet me. I'll be there. Yeah. Well, that was the next thing I was going to say. And, and, the, and the great part about it is, is that you get to meet John. So I know. You know, even just for right. that alone. That alone is worth your ticket to. Come on. Uh, Absolutely. Listen, you know, you heard him on the show, and then you go, you know, I want to talk to that guy. <laughs> I want, I want to go there. I want to meet him in person. I want to talk to him. I want to have a glass of wine with the guy. I just, you know, he seems like a really fun guy that I could have a glass of wine with and hang out and talk to and BS and, you know, it would be very enjoyable. Am I right? Am I right? You are right. Like I said, you're a genius, Stu. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it now. Okay, I'll, I'll just accept that. That's fine. Now that's okay, that's I, true. Um. So, Stu, I, I need to um, talk about another wine that I sent you. Yes. If, if you are, if I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, of course. So, um, did you get a chance to try our brand new, to the market, 2007 Mount George Merlot? I did. Okay. And, and I, uh, again. Um, and, and uh, for everybody out there who knows me and, and knows the show itself, uh, you know, I'm constantly writing about wine and constantly giving my uh, my reviews. I, what I may want to do is, if, if possible, if you don't mind, is I, I want to – I'm going to be writing my reviews on this, so that will be available for everybody to, to read about. But, I mean, you know, um, I, I don't think I'd be doing – I don't think I'd be fair – if I just start to give you know a little bit of of, of my feelings on it, um, I want I, I want I want to save that for the review. Okay, that's fine. That's I, I just mean. wanted to make yeah. sure you got it and tried it because well, we're I, very. I did. In fact, we're really really excited about it. So. Oh, and, and I, have, I want that's why I want to bring out. I wanted you to you know if, if you wanted to talk about we have a couple minutes left here. If there was if you, you wanted to talk about um, some of the wines. By all means, um, you know let's 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 discuss some of it so this way people know because like I said. Um, a lot of times people are going to the website and checking it out while we're speaking, so it, it helps them to formulate questions. Right. Um, the thing here is the thing here is that we have only like two minutes left, so I wanted to make sure that one most importantly, everybody got a chance to go to www.silveradowines.com um, and check it out there. And if you want to find out more about John, you most definitely can click on John's picture and uh, and find out about him. And in addition to the stuff that we talked about here. Um, you can also buy some wine. As I always say, you can buy some wine while you sip some wine, which is kind of nice. So it gives you the capability uh, to get some directly from Silverado. Um, that, that's, that, that's pretty much it. I, I wish I had more time. I wanted to go over. There's a lot more stuff I wanted to go over with you. But um, I definitely will have to have you on again if you'll come on my show again. That would be wonderful. It would be, it would be an honor, Stu. I'm, Excellent. I'm a fan Excellent. Now. I'm a fan. I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that, and I, and I hope and I hope as uh, as I've tried to get the word out there within the the wine community uh, that you that uh, you know that, to to come on the show and to talk about the wines and that's that's ultimately what I want. I want everyone to be able to learn about it directly from the winemakers themselves. So, John, I really appreciate. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. And um, like I said, I will try to have you on again in the future, so this way we can talk more and get uh, and get more about Silverado wines out there as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Have a great evening, John. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. So that was John Emmerich of Silverado Wines. I want to thank him for being on. I want to thank everybody who uh, sent in their emails, emailed their questions. I want everybody to thank you for listening in the chat room uh, and everyone listening worldwide. Uh, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com 
or you can go to my website, www.stewthewineguru.com, and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to the archived wine talk shows, of which this will be available within the next 24 hours. You can find it on iTunes and uh, subscribe free to iTunes for my shows. That's pretty much it. So as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.